The following episode of Battleship Pretension is brought to you by Agile Mobile Hostile, a new film documenting a year in the life of R&B legend Andre Williams. A recent selection of the AFI Fest, Agile Mobile Hostile will be screening at the Hollywood Arclight on November 7th and November 9th. For further details, just go to www.agilemobilehostile.com or click on the banner ad on the homepage at battleshippretension.com. Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David, what is wrong with you? I hesitated for a second I there. know. I forgot that I had a line. Yeah. <clears throat> You've said this line, I'd say, about 81 times. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you'd think you'd get it by now, but not, not quite. But, uh, so, uh, savvy listeners may have noticed that we do, we, we have a sponsor. Oh, right now. I didn't know we were going to mention it. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. we have to. Well, yeah, obviously, we, sure. we did the thing. Yeah, yeah, we did that. But, uh, yeah, so I'm not going to shill more. I'm just going to say that, uh, yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, however, don't think that just because we have a sponsor, we have stopped taking donations. The donate button still works. Donate button still <laughs> works. All your right? money is still good. Yeah, you're, <laughs> we will not refuse money simply because we have a sponsor. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and anybody who thinks we will, uh, I don't want to hang out with them. So anyway, um, so let's see. Was there anything else, uh, any other business we had to take care of aside from Here's that? something okay. that I've been meaning to say for weeks now. All right. Not to you. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, no, I told you. Uh, okay, we've been doing pretty well lately, numbers-wise. Yes. And I've decided I'm gonna. Uh, we need to use our newfound clout to, uh, to, 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 to convince people to go and listen to the Hudson and Gaines podcast. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and we've mentioned it on here before. Um, Micah Musio from Hudson and Gaines helped right. us out uh, when we were first starting. Right. Um, and that that show was just criminally unheard of. It, it was recently featured on Pod Thoughts. Uh, is that right? That's right. I like Pod Thoughts. Yeah. Somebody sent Colin Marshall an email saying uh, that that he should uh, he should feature it. Good. So well. Um, but anyway, so. But yeah, it's uh, so you may have heard about it a little bit already, but it's really great. It's really funny and incredibly well produced. I mean, it really yeah. commits to its idea. And it has a lot of like uh, sort of running jokes and storylines, so it's best to start from the beginning. Absolutely. It's, but anyway, I just wanted to use our, our power. Exactly. Uh, for good. Help out some other people. Especially since Micah helped us out so yeah, much. In the, yeah, in the early stages. He yeah. helped us quite a bit. So uh and why and and while we're at it uh you know uh Jason Eakin friend of the show he's been on the show we've been on his show uh his show has undergone a bit of a change yeah. and now it's kind of him by himself but his last few episodes have been very solid of experts and intermediates yeah. so let's I don't want to talk about when when I was on when we were on his show though okay cuz first half's all right yeah i was yeah, was, that's a fun experience. I was uh, drunk. Yeah, go over and listen to it. <laughs> You'll get all the commentary you need uh, about uh, how how we think that went. Um, <coughs> but uh, yeah, so Hudson and Gaines, expert in, experts and intermediates, uh, 
donation, uh, still taking them, and uh, sponsor. So, and then of course, uh, welcome to uh, any uh, any new listeners. This is it's very exciting. Um, and uh, any uh, questions or comments, you can always email us at uh, battleshippretension at hotmail dot com. Now then, David. Yes. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. All right. Um, so what's going on with your life these days? Um, I'm doing okay. Well, okay. I just, uh, whatever you wanted to talk about at the top oh, of the okay. show, you know, I wanted to. Oh, right, right. Okay. I'm so out of it today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, David's a little, uh, you know, David uh, t- tied one on last night and apparently <laughs> has not uh, not figured out the knot and uh, can't get rid of it. But, uh, but yeah, and so... Uh, um, now, yeah. Okay. They, okay. Go ahead. Here's what's been going on lately. Yeah. Uh, fall TV season. That's right. Uh, uh, I'm 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 getting it started. I'm, okay. I'm watching some shows. But here's the thing. <clears throat> I've made a lot of uh, adjustments to the schedule. Yeah. A big one, and I haven't even told you this yet, because I'm so busy lately. All right. I had to cut some shows out. Okay. I've cut out Dexter. You've cut out Dexter. Yeah. All right. Now, if I've watched, if I had watched a single episode of that, I might be a little more taken aback i've not watched uh, a single episode so uh but i've heard dexter is great and for those that live in la the uh the ad campaign around town is wonderful i imagine it's all elsewhere it's premiered it Maybe premiered the same as, day everywhere else that it did here i know but you know it's not i don't think it's as uh i mean everywhere you look there's sure. pictures of, of dexter and and it's uh it's great i love their ad campaigns um but so, um, uh, now, okay. So, but so I cut I out you Dexter. Like Dexter. Why, I do, but why I, did it not make the cut? Um, because I well, I I decided that I need to devote more time to actually watching movies. Oh, uh, all right. Because I was yeah, I was yeah. honestly I was getting to a point where I was watching very few movies and I was watching a lot of television. Yeah. Now that said, here's this was unplanned. I cut out Dexter, but I've started to get hooked on Gossip Girl. Yeah, you were telling me <laughs> earlier as I uh, picked you up to bring you on over to the studio here uh you were telling me that you were looking at your dvr and you had a a realization now what was that realization david that anyone who looked at my what's on my my dvr would assume that this is the dvr of a gay man a very gay man Um, yeah because most of what i have are like (laughs) back episodes or reruns that show on lifetime of oh. of Desperate Housewives and Will and Grace. You didn't even mention the Lifetime thing. Well, because Lifetime shows Desperate Housewives and they show Will and Grace. Yeah, and I love both those shows, and uh, so I record the reruns, and they just pile up because they, I mean, they show Will and Grace like, uh, like every, I don't know, whatever. Every it's four like hours. The, it's like the Simpsons of Lifetime is what you're telling me. Yeah, uh, and then Desperate Housewives, which is one of the greatest shows on television, uh, and everybody should be watching it. I thought that show petered out for a while. Did it like? Did it? Get oh, it got its mojo back in season four. Okay. Yeah. Would you say it got its groove back? Uh I don't know about that. All right. Okay. I mean, maybe it's, next it's a pretty much all white cast. Oh, all right. Fair <laughs> new new cast member this season. Season five just started. Who is uh, that? Neil McDonough has moved on to Wisteria Lane. Damn. And you're I not like gonna, him. You're not going to believe this. All right. Apparently, he has a secret. <laughs> 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 oh my well i can't wait to see what it is um or rather have you tell me what it is yeah um i imagine i probably won't ask and you'll be like hey guess what guess what they finally revealed guess what Neil Neil McDonough, McDonough, yeah. um but uh okay so you got your will and grace you got your 
You're Desperate Housewives. And then I, and now I have course, Gossip Girl. You've got Gossip Girl. But you yeah. haven't <clears throat> totally committed to that yet, right? I mean, you no, still I'm, watch uh, yeah. it, but you're still on the fence. Yeah, because I, I know that it's not really very good, but it's it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. But uh, Now, some would say, here's the thing. Slight tangent already. Now, <clears throat> I am not busting you on this, but some would say that the idea of something being fun, even if it's not very good is something that certain movies are. And you and I, perhaps, you know, and, and other critics will give mo- movies that aren't good crap, and someone would be like, but it's just fun. It doesn't have to be good. Okay, I sh- I sh- you're so right. You're your, absolutely right, your, because I've made yeah. that exact same point. I need to I need to clarify. If something is fun, it means it's it's good. It's just not... It, Gossip Girl is a well-made show. Okay. It, when I say it's not good, it's it's it, I mean that it has no real weight or worth right. to it you know it's almost but like the it's like the oceans 11 of uh, yeah. of television where it's yeah. just incredibly good but like at the, by, at the end of the day it's like all right so there was that that was fun but i'm i'm good now yeah i'm the same person i was uh, right right <laughs> uh yeah and that, that's what gospel so i yeah i should take that back because it is good okay. i wouldn't watch it if it weren't good okay it's it's a, it's a lot of fun to watch and that makes it good okay but just making sure my dvr is about to start manning up this week. All right. Now, why is that? Uh, because season nine of CSI premieres on Thursday. So that one you haven't cut loose. No, it's Dexter, CSI. Dexter, a show that I, from what I understand, is really uh, complex and really uh, intelligent, has a really strong central performance, but really asks some interesting questions of the viewers. That one, not for you. CSI, which, if I'm not mistaken... Did, at the end of last season, didn't you hate the show because of the way it? it I didn't ended? hate the show. I hated, yeah, hated the but finale. I mean, yeah, I, or just the last like thirty seconds of it. Okay, um, but uh, looking forward to this season. Okay, you know what's happening, don't you? Uh, well, oh, William Peterson is leaving uh, after is season ten. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, and that's not bad. That no. might be enough to get me to tune in a little bit. Um, you know, it's it's frustrating when like an actor that I really like uh, joins a show pretty late in its run because it's like, oh, I kind of want to watch that, but I guess, but I have to start from the beginning. Like not with CSI. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's probably true. Um, yeah, like for myself, the only thing you'll see if you start at the beginning of CSI mm-hmm. and, and and keep watching, you'll see their offices where they work get darker and darker every season. That was always my problem with CSI. I'm like. These guys have to really make out details. You'd think they would want as much light as possible. Well, they've in their got office. lots of hot spots with their, you know, I suppose, little, like desk lamps or like whatever they have shining down on on the DNA. Yeah, I mean, I'm more of a Law and Order guy, but I I cut that. You know, as you as you see from my DVD shelves, I have the first four seasons of of Law and Order, and I the time came when I had to realize, like, all right, this thing's been going for like 18 years. Uh-huh. I have a decision to make, and <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I decided that I'm going to get season five, which is when Sam Watterson first shows up, mm. and then I'm going to stop. Because oh, okay. season four is when Jerry Orbach shows up, or maybe, no, season three. And then Sam Watterson season five. So that, you know, the, the staples of the show, I've, I've wa- I now have that, but I, I'm not going to get all 18 seasons. That's insane, you know. So I cut that one loose as far as what I'm going to own, but uh, but you're going to continue with CSI. What you know is it mostly for Lawrence Fishburne at this point? 
No, it's that it's still a, a good show. With, okay. And I, you know, I, I think you should give it more of a shot because as someone who likes, you know, procedurals, you, you like, yeah, you like, and you like detective fiction and stuff yeah. like that. They come up with good stories. Okay. <clears throat> I think, and there's usually something gross in the episode. I like that. I don't care for gross things. I do. Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting actually. I feel like we were talking with. Um, friend of the show ed salazar last night and he he's and I not were, a friend of the show he's a friend of yours and mine but he's never been on the show so he's not a friend of the, he's you going to be on the you show. overuse that term only people who have been on the show are friends of the show i thought it, but he's he, he expressed expressed interest in being on the show he's willing to be on the show yeah but the, you, you can't say would you call my mom the mom of the show no because she's not my mom and she's never been on the show that's uh, no, until I'm laying it down right here. Until someone has been on the show, they are not a friend of the show. All right, that's fine. This has been Battleship Pretension, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. <laughs> so, Ed Salazar, fr- friend, friend of mine, friend. not a friend of ours. Fr- <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, he and I were talking about uh, TV these days and, uh, and that, you know... Uh, Series, I, I'm not sure what you would call it. Like just where there's just an over, there's just an arc. You know, that's not like self-contained adventures in each show. You know, like Law and Order and House and CSI and that kind of thing. Like shows like The Wire and The Sopranos, where it's just it's each episode is one part of a larger story. Um, I've I've watched so many of those now. Um, that being like Deadwood and The Wire and Sopranos and Lost, and now I'm watching. You know catching up on West Wing. Um, I've watched so many of those. I find it, you know, I used to really like House. I find it actually difficult to go back to watching House where it's like, oh, okay, so in this episode it's going to be just like the last one, except it's a different case. So, like, I don't know if I, if I you know, if, hmm. and if I return to Law & Order, I might become impatient with that as well. Like, I really have started to... Uh, embrace shows where i have to become really invested um right, well, I, I said there's room for both i suppose but uh i don't know because house is 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 what did it uh or when I, when i first noticed that it's like i used to love this stuff and now for some reason it's uh just doesn't strike me the way it used to and it might be that i've just gotten used to t- i mean even even 30 rock is kind of like that you know hmm. i mean and and the office and stuff like that i mean you know, it's there. Uh, there just seems to be a theme in TV these days of overarching stories, and uh, and I seem to enjoy that because you get to see characters develop uh, over time. Um, whereas, you know, the character of House never really changes. You know, the characters in Law and Order don't really change; they always pretty much stay the same, which is fine. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Um, but I think I think I may have I think I may have moved on, David. <laughs> So, I don't know. Speaking of moving on. Oh, well done. Let's get into it, shall we? Yeah. Um, we, ta- we mentioned last week, <coughs> we, we came up with, uh, on the air. That's it's right. the first time this happened, I think, we came up with the idea for the next week's show. That's right. So, this is uh, what we're calling it, Movies About Men. Movies About Men. Now, um, David, you and I are men. This is <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> this is inspired by Paul Newman. Uh, That's right. And, and sort of... Uh, because he was a very manly guy, yeah. a manly actor, and he, he he portrayed men who were men. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, once again, 
But a lot of his movies, I mean, and that's the thing is, we're not going to talk much about Paul Newman, but kind of what inspired this is a lot of his movies, they they weren't merely about men, and they weren't merely, it's like... You know, you could have a movie with an all-male cast. It doesn't that doesn't necessarily make it about men. Like his movies kind of examined male like male relationships, but also what it means to be a man. Yeah. You know, um and you know, you look at something like Cool Hand Luke and The Sting and The Hustler, um you know, and and in fact, you could say that his career and the types of roles that he would take as he got older, um you really see because he, the roles he played were always they were always men type, you know, really manly type roles. Mm-hmm. Um, you could see that, like, you know, you see him in the Hustler as this brash young guy who's kind of got this swagger to him. Then you see him in Nobody's Fool, mm-hmm. and he's got he's acquired some character, um, and so it's so like his whole career is almost the story of like uh, of how a man develops and and how he changes as he gets older and experiences different things um but yeah throughout his entire career that has been like a staple of it and more so than i'd say a lot of a lot of other male actors careers yeah but uh but yeah so that's how we got started uh, on this topic let's start i want to start with a different guy <coughs> all right and this is a guy who i think is uh, not necessarily a good example, but in some ways a good example. But it's often held up as a as a paragon of manliness. All right, and that's Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen, who I've only seen possibly in one movie. What's that? Uh, the magnificent The Magnificent Seven. Okay. Well, um, I never saw Bullet or or any of that. You never saw The Great Escape. Never saw The Great Escape. Have you seen the original Thomas Crown Affair? No, I haven't. Um, it is awful. That's what I've heard. I think I just assumed because they made the awful remake right. with Pierce Brosnan and, and Rene Russo and, and, like remake, and Dennis Leary. Uh, oh yeah, Dennis Leary's in there. <laughs> yeah, um, I just assumed it was like <clears throat> a bad remake of a classic movie. Right, and then it wasn't until fairly recently that I decided uh, I'm sit down and watch the Steve McQueen Faye Dunaway yeah. version. It's even worse. Oh, all right. It's That's it's exciting. so dumb. Hmm. It doesn't make any sense. It's so much more about the uh, being like a sort of all hip swing in 60s with its editing and oh. music and stuff. Oh, it, it's terrible. It's hard. Can't I can't stand them. Especially when they get in the editing booth. Yeah, I think we're talking more about like mods. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, okay, but Steve anyway. McQueen, yes. <clears throat> but he's... Um, <coughs> But again, he's often held up as a paragon of manliness. Yeah. But he's he's not a he's very rarely uh, a real man. Papillon, you've seen Papillon, right? No. Oh. Yeah, I don't care much for that movie either. I don't like a lot of his movies. I like I like The Great Escape, uh, even though I think it's a little too. I didn't say I didn't care for it. I haven't Hollywood. seen it. But uh, okay, I don't know what you said. Oh, okay. Uh, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, fair enough. Um. <laughs> But he's not a re- he's n- he's not he's usually not a real man. He's sort of the idea that some men would like to to live up mm. to, but n- not necessarily in a good way. He's usually self centered. Okay. He's cold. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't treat women with respect. Yeah. Um, he, you know, even like he's in in the Thomas Crown Affair, he's supposed to be having this passionate relationship. With this woman, but he's still because he's Steve McQueen. He's there's a distance, and she's just another sort of 
she's just, just like another motorcycle. It's like, like uh, I have my I have my motorcycles and I have my beautiful women, and that's what makes him a man. Well, and I would say that you know um, this actually brings up something that I wanted to talk about. Um, he's like James Bond. Yeah, you know, but and but he, he is he, he's he's let. I'm not, a, I'm not a big James Bond fan at right. all. He's less corny than James Bond, at least. Yeah, you know. Well, and I don't, I don't know if James Bond like. I don't think he started corny. I think he became corny. Yeah. But um, but and it makes me wonder, like, like you and I watch these movies. You know, you watch Steve McQueen. And you're like, you're like, yeah, but he's a little self-centered, a little this and that. Yeah. But it makes you wonder. You know, forty, fifty years ago, is that in fact like, <clears throat> like men weren't watching these movies ironically? They were watching them being like. Hell yeah, that's what I want to. You know, like yeah. I mean, uh, but there I are mean, still men talk about who yeah who yeah who think of Steve <coughs> McQueen that way. But like it just like I don't know if James Bond like let's say they hadn't made they hadn't adapted any of Ian Fleming's books uh, up until like ten years ago. Uh huh. The character would wouldn't be recognizable, you know, uh, as far as like the the womanizing or anything like that, because I think the way we view manly heroes now is very different than we viewed them 40 or 50 years ago and so like i think i think like in that time period like kind of these manly heroes you know kind of stoic kind of distant um things that you know people i'd say our age uh or people of a certain generation look at and let's like oh i absolutely don't want to be that but i feel like maybe you know there were years where everyone's like oh that's that's absolutely what I want to be. That'd be awesome. You know, don't let anyone see you cry or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, but, but I, I mean, you can see movies from, from older eras in which certainly that there's that type of man, but there's still like, I mean, look at, uh, I'll bring up the Philadelphia story. It's one of my favorite okay. movies of all time. Yeah. And Jimmy Stewart has that sort of, uh, it's he's sort of cynical and distant, but then he's Jimmy Stewart, so right. He also has has warmth, and he he falls for a woman, and he he kind of makes a fool out of himself, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, carrying around drunk and singing at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, uh, but it makes it, me wonder. I mean, did people, did guys watch that movie and say, "I want to be him," or did they watch like to go to that era? Did they watch somebody like Humphrey Bogart or Cagney? And be like, yeah, that's what you know, that's what I want to be, you know. I mean, even I, it, this it sounds a little weird, but even I, I've, there, there's just certain images, certain I'd say like iconic images of what like a man is quote unquote supposed to be that, you know, like sometimes it, like if I like when I'm driving, you know, if I'm driving on the freeway, like. Like when I drove from Chicago to Springfield, Missouri, it's just an eight-hour road trip. I drove it alone, and I was like, I was wearing sunglasses. I had the window down, my arm out. You know, I was listening to like really rocking music, and it was. Just, <laughs> what were you listening to? I was listening to like Social Distortion or something. Okay, like and uh, you know, and and I felt cool. I am not here's I am not cool, <laughs> but I felt cool because I just I found at that one in that one moment. It's like, oh, I'm I'm fitting into, you know, this kind of I cannot, you know, this kind of. And and there's nothing wrong with that. Being being (coughs) on your own on the open road behind the wheel of your vehicle, like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm talking about the 
I, I, the, the thing that bothers me about the Steve McQueen and Humphrey Bogart thing, it, but the thing is, okay, hold on. All right. I've got too many points rattling in my head right now. Okay. The, things, the thing that bothers me is, is the way that these characters treat other people. Okay. And also the thing is, you, you say this is an old whatever, but I mean, it kind of, it still exists today, you know? I suppose it does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, who are the action stars of, of today? Of today? I mean, Jason Statham, is he, is he a really warm guy? I don't know. I don't think I've seen any of his action vehicles. I didn't see really? Crank or The Transporter. Yeah, oh, man. You got to see The Transporter or movies. War. The Transporter movies are good. I saw The One. The One. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was not good. But Transporter. Both <coughs> the, the Transporter movies are worth checking out. They're a lot of fun. All right. But yeah, that, that's another. He's. So that, that tradition. You, you say it like it's a thing of the past. But that's still, what's, that's still what's offered up as like an ideal of manliness. Yeah. But that's not what I want to talk about today, really. Okay. I want to talk about honest portrayals of manliness okay, in, yeah, in, yeah. in cinema. Now, what would you say? I just wanted to get that out of the way. I wanted to start right. with Steve McQueen because I wanted to sort of tackle that. Kind of deflate you know, yes. what people think of. You know, I mean, like, because I, I wrote down on my list here, like, I wrote down a mixture of both, of what, you know, what actually depicts, you know, manly behavior or just not manly in a, you know, in a Rambo sense, but like manly just in, you know, what a man is. Mm-hmm. Um you know, actual manly behavior versus what people think it is or should be, you know? Yeah. And so like somebody like Indiana Jones, uh-huh. you know, I think is more along the lines of like James Bond or Stephen Queen or something like that. But like, you know, but then I found myself writing down entire genres of film because yeah. and I would say most notably is the Western, you know, yeah. because the Western, you get kind of a mix. You get, you know, uh, stoic heroes, you know, like John Wayne, who, uh, you know, he I don't, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was never a scene of John Wayne crying. Now, of course, in some of his later movies, I'd say most notably The Shootist or uh, True Grit, he has some really solid monologues where he where he displays emotion that is kind of unusual for that uh, for that genre. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's would you say that that's a, that like. These stoic Clint Eastwood, John Wayne heroes of of this genre of westerns, like, would you say that that's kind of cut from the same cloth as the Steve McQueen thing, or would you say that's kind of different? I, I think it usually is. It's less flashy. It, it, <clears throat> uh, the westerns are almost more to get more specific about it about like the American male right. psyche, right. you know. Um, uh, and yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, you get both, because um, you see, you often see the, and it's usually underplayed, but sort of the pain that they, that's inflicted by that kind of right. like loneliness or or isolation, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like they're this way because they have to be this way. It's the only way that they're going to survive in this rugged world is to be like this. Whereas yeah. like Steve McQueen, James Bond, they're like this because uh, well, they can't think of any other way to be. Yeah, you know what's a great movie that I didn't put on the list, but what's a perfect that? one for this. Not a, not a western at all, but about a boy. Oh yeah, is a, it's great for this topic because it's a <laughs> it's a movie about a guy who thinks he's le- living that type of lifestyle, right. or he is, you know, and he thinks that's the height of right of what he can be. He's got the money. He's got he you know he's got the the looks, and yeah. he doesn't have any responsibilities to anyone but himself, and he uh, you know. Uh, he is an island, 
Yeah. Uh, and then the movie's about him learning that that's just not enough. Right. And and that's the thing is it's also um, him learning that like he probably thinks he is very cool and in some ways he is. Uh-huh. But as far as how the rest of the world regards him, he you know it's his view of manliness and and what it is to be cool is outdated and he finds that people look on him with just not even not liking him but just like this is pathetic just uh-huh. like viewing him is just kind of sad more than anything yeah um yeah it's a yeah that's a great example of a guy who ha- kind of has that old school mentality in a modern world now granted some people and, and and it's a good example of you know people who are still trying to be like okay i went to a hockey game uh-huh. a few days ago and uh <coughs> and it was I like hockey and I like you know I I have nothing against uh hockey fans but just like you know there are some very quote unquote manly men who were very drunk and were very <laughs> loud and just thought like oh man everybody here probably loves me for the things I'm yelling <laughs> and it's just like and and you know it's just kind of this weird almost self-delusion kind of thing where they're like they really think like, oh, this is how a man acts. You know, he gets drunk at a sporting event, and man, really. But like, yeah, that might be a that mentality might be a little outdated because everybody else looks at that guy, or I hope, and says like, oh, look, I know where I'll, you know, just let the jackass behavior be on the ice. You know, yeah. these guys beating <laughs> the hell out of each other. But I don't think it's uh, again, <coughs> just like with the other thing. I don't think it's outdated so much as it's just wrong. Okay, it's instead of the 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 Steve McQueen version, what they're living the sort of uh, uh, Kevin James on King of Queens version of okay. what it, what it is to be a man. <laughs> and I like King of Queens. Uh, I do too, and I like Kevin James. And I also want to say I like Steve McQueen. I just don't like. Right. I don't know how much I like Steve McQueen. I like The Great Escape. It's pretty good. From what I saw in The Magnificent Seven, he actually was remarkably charming like i always expected him to be like more of a charles bronson type just very stoic but in that i'm like he's kind of joking around you know he's kind of a i don't know he was i'd be interested to see him in in more things but uh, at the same time i had a feeling that uh, and i never saw the movie that he was nominated for uh the sand pebbles which i heard was pretty uh pretty solid um i saw the great escape at uh uh at the music box in in chicago that's right that's right you invited me to go and i uh yeah, it was at like eleven o'clock in the I morning chose to sleep in. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and so you know, and it, and I guess this could be a, an interesting uh, segue into uh, another. It's not a genre, but it's almost becoming one, which is like the movies of Judd Apatow, uh-huh. um, which is you know about and 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 apparently there's like a book that. Uh, is is coming out and I don't remember the name of it. I think it's called Guyland or something like that. I read about it on uh, in Newsweek or on or on CNN.com or something like that where this uh <coughs> this person wrote about you know between a guy yeah uh, a a male being a boy and being a man, he goes through the section of being a guy, you know, where he tries to run from responsibilities, still tries to do like these youthful things and all that sort of thing. Um you know, but sooner or later he has to start accepting adult responsibility, and that usually, you know, and that it's a it's it's a section of life. And I and and in reading it, it just sounded it sounded like so it just sounded so incredibly condescending on the part of the author. Uh-huh. But 
uh, that aside, um, it's something that uh, the Judd Apatow has kind of in like forty year old boy, and I'd say certainly in Knocked Up, uh, he really examines you know the uh, the idea of these these guys living the life that they think you know kind of yeah. almost the almost the Hugh Grant in About a Boy type lifestyle where they think oh that'd be cool but they just don't have the money to do it um <laughs> and, but they you know it's all about male camaraderie and hey you do you know you do what you got to do don't really commit to anything and you know and then they learn responsibility and learn how to be men you know um what is your take on on those movies i don't recall if you really like them or not i like them as movies i don't know that i like them as as portrayals of of manliness because yeah. uh i'm uh, younger, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how old those characters are supposed to be in Knocked Up. How old is Seth Rogen supposed I'd to be? I'd say late, uh, mid to late twenties. So I'd okay, say probably so around. Okay, so I'm about his age then. And I feel like, and, and again, you like you said, I went out and got drunk last night. And <laughs> but um, sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up in a negative way or anything. No, but I, I still feel like I have more. I have far more of a sense of responsibility than that guy does. He's right. It, it's uh. The point you're you're referring to with this this book, it sounds like a good point, but Judd Apatow's these characters, specifically Seth Rogen, knocked up him to stick with. Uh, he's too much of a of a guy or too much yeah. of a boy, really. Yeah. Uh, for it, to, I, I don't I don't relate to him. Yeah. I relate far more to to Catherine Heigl in that movie because yeah. she's the one who's got a fucking head on her shoulders, yeah. and I'm sure she enjoys Desperate Housewives and. Will and Grace and all kinds of things, but uh, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up. But uh, yeah, and I always, you know, I always, w- I enjoy Forty Year Old Boy. I enjoy uh, Knocked Up, but like, I found those movies interesting because it's just like what brings these men to their senses are women. As and and I don't know, you know, we've we've paid lip service to the idea of me being a horrible misogynist on this show, and uh, and it's not so much that as it is I just. I have a hard time with double standards of any kind. Uh-huh. And and one of the things is like, you know, it's okay to say, like these days it's okay to say certain things about certain groups. And one of them is you can say pretty much anything about men and they just kind of have, you just kind of have to take it. And I understand that, you know, things were very much, and probably yeah, but still I mean are that, very much in our favor. That's a, yeah, I, 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 I'm sure I'm paraphrasing Tim Allen or somebody, but we kind of... <laughs> We kind of run shit. Yeah, yeah. So that is paraphrasing it, Tim Allen. He does have a funny joke uh, about that. And but at the same time, part of me is like, well, I don't run anything, you know, uh, and I'm not this, you know. It just it's that kind of mentality. And so much in the same way, like even though there definitely are guys like Seth Rogen out there, and there are guys like um, Steve Carell out there, uh-huh. just the mentality that's like, I would like to see a movie like that where this guy actually, where you know, the Seth Rogen actually. Uh, you know, actually brings it out of himself, you know, and it's not a good woman, a good mature woman who uh, she only, only a woman can cause this guy to embrace responsibility the way he should. I'd like to see it just come out of a guy's circumstances or something that he is responding to as opposed to him <coughs> being almost, for lack of a better word, forced to do it because of, of uh, this woman. But that's I don't know. Is that a weird mentality? No, that's or? that's absolutely true. Okay, that, uh, that's that's what that specifically again specifically knocked up. Right. It's, uh, 
it's not it's almost not even a a journey of of self discovery right it's uh just a journey of it's not a journey at all he just has manhood thrust upon him right and it's to his credit that he realizes what he has to do yeah but he doesn't i mean he goes from being a a boy yeah. to being a man right in a very short amount of time and i'm uh you know i don't want to toot my own horn and say that i'm a a, a super you know mature manly guy right but uh in as much as i am it took me a lot longer than that yeah and i mean it's just and also i mean there's the i guess the circumstances are are one in which of course he 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 would be very uh intimately involved with a woman which is of course he gets somebody pregnant of course so he would be involved um and certainly like in in my going from let's say just from college to now let's say four years you know the amount of which I've, i've grown up certainly uh, you know, ha- my ex girlfriend had a lot to do with that, right? But that's just one facet of, exactly. of many things, you know, yeah. of of growing up and just you know trying to trying to work and trying to right. feel good about myself just by myself, not by trying to impress anyone. Right. Uh, and yeah, that's it, it's all these things that make that uh, should happen to every guy yeah. at a certain point and every person at a certain point. We're just talking about guys in this episode, right? Uh, to make them grow up, yeah, and uh, and I feel like that that might be like the view. I don't know, maybe the as far as movies go, that might be kind of the the modern view of what men are. If you look at something like Knocked Up or Entourage or something like that, I mean, is in, in movies like kind of the the really stoic type guy has kind of gone away. Instead of it's, it's like the guy who kind of shirks responsibility where he can. And, you know, uh, maybe, you know, maybe it's the same, maybe it's like, you know, the other, uh, the same coin, but it's just the other side of it. Because when you think about it, Vincent Chase, he's just as womanizing as James Bond. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not really committing to anything. He has a job that can, that basically lets him be anywhere he wants to be at any time. And he can do anything he wants. So, but his mentality, he will, he'll, his heart will be a lot more on his sleeve and he'll let you and know what he's feeling, but yeah. he still has the same tendencies. Yeah. Um, and neither, neither one, <coughs> neither James Bond nor Vincent Chase is a good example, but I'd I'd rather be, I, 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 no one wants to be like James Bond. That's insane. Right. But I'd rather be like Steve McQueen than like Vincent Chase because at least he is not impulsive and not, right. uh, and he is sure of himself. Right. Which is, I, th- I think is a big thing. Um, uh, I'm trying to get to some, <laughs> examples here but um well let's 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 change the subject a little bit when okay. you talk about paul newman earlier you talked about a lot of his movies being relationships uh, movies about men having relationships with other men right. friendships yeah specifically um we've never done an episode on on gay film oh yeah we should do that someday yeah Cause, oh, uh, yeah, that goes back to episode number five, I believe. Yeah, uh, that we mentioned we should do that. Um, um, <coughs> anyway, yeah, I mean that. So let's let's start down that then down that track then yeah. with the, uh, the there's a lot friendships. There. Yeah. Um. Well, the the first one that came it's the top of my list. It's literally the first movie I thought of mm-hmm. for this topic was Sideways. So yeah, that's on my list here. Um. Yeah, and that's and that's an interesting one because that one is. It's not just guys who are friends. It's guys who are old friends. Uh-huh. And perhaps stay friends... Because l- I, think, I think one of the big themes in 
in movies about guys is loyalty. Uh-huh. You know, you stick by, you know, I hate to use this term, but like bros before hoes, buddy. You know, uh-huh. it's like women may come and go, but you and me, we're pals, you know. Um, and uh, and the movie, I mean, clearly, why are these guys hanging out? Yeah. You know, I mean, they they have completely different temperaments and 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 you know i mean there's of course that scene where it's like, like they spend this week together like having night having good food and drinking all this wine but of course there's a scene where thomas hayden church is trying this wine while chewing gum <laughs> and like clearly he is not as into this as his friend is um <clears throat> and so it's like why is he the best man or anything and it's just that kind of you know that kind of loyalty Um, you know, and it's something that I can relate to. I've lived a lot of places in my life and, you know, my, you know, the, my groomsman was pretty much peopled with like, you know, friends that, that I knew back in Denver. I mean, that Mm -hmm. was years and years ago and I keep, I keep in touch with some of them. Uh, one of them I have not talked to since the wedding, (laughs) uh, you know, cause we both just kind of went our separate ways, but like, you know, but when it came time to decide, who my groomsmen were going to be. Oh, oldest friends. Boom. That's who, that's who it has yeah. to be. It's like, yeah, what about the ones that you actually are friends with now? Yeah. Usher. Yeah, you know. I didn't get to be a groomsman. Yeah, I'm sorry. But I still had to wear a, tu- a wool tuxedo in uh, <laughs> outdoors in the middle of July in, yes. in Chicago. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> and I had to stand in the back where I couldn't hear anything that was going on because, again, we were outdoors. I'll show you the wedding video sometime. It's actually quite touching. <laughs> um, but I might be a little subjective. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in Sideways is, I mean, if anything, because <clears throat> most movies that deal with, like, like man, you know, manly loyalty deals with it in a positive way. Whereas <laughs> Sideways is like, there's a downside to this. Yeah. And here's a whole movie about that. Yeah. Um, but it's also a movie like like knocked up where he's he's Paul Giamatti again he's much older than the characters in knocked up right but he's finally learning to become a man in a way yeah and that's it's almost a perfect example because Virginia Madsen's character shows up and she's a big part of why he why he grows up a little bit yeah but it's clearly not the only thing yeah you know it's what's going on with his his writing yeah. you know and you can see from very early on, you know, he, like, has to get up to move his car and everything, you know? Yeah. Like, his life is frustrating and kind of sad. And, yeah. And so it's not like, it's not like Knocked Up. I, I sound like I'm ragging on it, but I'm just comparing. Right. You know, where uh, their life starts out so, so much fun. Yeah. And, you know, and then they have to grow up. Yeah. Uh, because this angel shows up in their lives and right. gets pregnant. Um <laughs> Uh, but sideways is is exactly what I was talking about. It's 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 much more honest because he has uh, more than one impetus. Yeah, uh, external pressure from more than one direction, and some of it is pressure he puts on himself. That's the thing. It's not somebody That's else important. Yeah, bringing him along. I mean, some of it, the uh, you know, as you say, the impetus is him looking at Thomas Hayden Church, seeing what adult childhood is, and being like, yeah. Spending a week with this, I don't know if I want to be this. You mm-hmm. know, it's like you see Thomas Hayden Church, who's going to be getting married, but do- that doesn't stop him from having affairs mm-hmm. uh, and making promises to everybody involved. Uh, and he looks at that and he's like, "That is not what I want to be." And so he, he of his own, you know, of his own decision, 
he makes a mad dash towards Virginia Madsen, you know, at the end mm-hmm. of the movie. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and it is what knocked up, you know, yeah, it sounds like we're ragging on, but like, it's what it should be. Cause it knocked up, like, didn't he get like some kind of a lot of money from a lawsuit? So he didn't yeah. have to work. Like, yeah. this is a guy who has to work. He's a teacher, you know, mm-hmm. he has to work, but he's not pleased with his, with where he is. So he's looking for something else and, you know, all this kind of thing. So, he lives very much in the real world, but he still kind of has that mentality. Um, but yeah. And, uh, but I would say, uh, another movie uh, similar about like old friends, um, old guy, you know, old male friends dealing with each other is uh 25th hour. Oh um, yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and that one, I mean, it's, it's just these guys having to, and you kind of get the impression. It's a lot like, you know, kind of what I was talking about in my own life where it's like, oh, well, these are my best friends, but how long has it been since they've seen each other? And mm-hmm. You're not even sure if they really even like each other anymore, you know, especially like Barry Pepper, you know, dealing with Edward Norton. Um, and, but none of that really comes out. Instead, they're more just like his two friends. They're committed to the idea of giving this guy the night of his life. Like, and it's like, Why? This guy's made a this guy made several bad mistakes mm-hmm. and you're not even that close to him anymore but it's just that we that kind of odd loyalty again. Yeah. Um loyalty that you would find I'll take aside, you know, another tangent that you'll find in war movies, you know, you'll mm-hmm. find in Band of Brothers and Saving Private Ryan and that kind of thing. Um and it's something that you know, I you will find in female movies. You know, or, you know, movies about women. And, and and that is something that you and I want to talk about uh, soon. Not next week, but soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think... I don't know. I mean, you've watched more Sex in the City than I have. Um, <laughs> yeah. <coughs> but, uh, you know, and of course, friendship and loyalty is a big part of it from what I've seen. But it just seems to be different with male characters. And I'm not really sure why that is. Do you have any theories as as to that? Uh, I mean, I can I can tell you what what's different about it. Okay. I mean, honestly, loyalty among men or guys, you know, who are old friends, is as close to unconditional hmm. as you can get. And, and I, I I know that sounds like I'm it sounds like I'm putting down relationships between women, you know. Yeah. But I'm really what I I'm really saying that is sort of an <laughs> It's a bad thing that men do, hmm. you know. If your friends, like, you know, honestly, I have people that I knew growing up, you know, that uh, have grown up to be, you know, shallow and maybe even a little racist. Yeah. You know. Oh, wow. Really? And. We'll talk more off mic. <laughs> just just people from Missouri, you know. And uh, I won't. uh I, you, I can't, you can't sever ties with them because they're your old friends. Right. You know, and it's not, and and, and, and it's, and it is all almost like, like you're talking with 25th hour. So I, I don't, I never talk to these people unless right. I'm back home. Right. You know, but it's, uh, it's, it's far, yeah, it's far less conditional and not necessarily in a good way. Right. I mean, they could do, I mean, unless they literally do something to your family, because of course that's the only loyalty that runs yeah. deeper. Yeah. Uh, unless they do something there, it's like, oh, hey, I got I, I got arrested for all those murders, and you're like, I'll be at your trial, buddy. 
for solidarity. Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah. And uh, it's it might sound bad, but yeah, if 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 one of my old friends, someone I, you know, still talk to every once in a while, yeah. uh turned out to be a pedophile or something, yeah. I would still, you know, write him a letter in jail. I would still right. be his friend in 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 just that very cursory way. Yeah. And I mean, and there's no danger of that friend dragging you down with him or anything. Yeah. But it's just like Maybe I should distance myself from this person on principle, but you know, but it's that there's that deep seated loyalty, and yeah, and and I don't think, and this is just based on my experience with women and watching movies about women. Um, it just doesn't seem to be that way. I mean, if 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 one of your you know if one of your girlfriends or something like that insults you in a really deep way, that kind of that could be the end of it, you know. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, if you know, I mean, you and I. When we live together, we're constantly at each other's throats, and now here we are. For some of the time, yeah, yeah. For some of the time, I'd say, uh, out of the nine months, I'd say a solid last... Well, we lived together for like four years, though. That's true. Just the first year. Um, Uh, That's right, yeah, for that first nine months, yeah. um, But yeah, and that's, you know, and there are uh, good and bad reasons that female relationships are... Are different. They they are much more involved. Yeah, you know, in each other's lives, and uh, that's good because they're there for each other more often than men are. Mm-hmm. But it also means they're. Uh, the, it's again, it's too conditional. Yeah, you have to be there for someone, or else you might not be their friend anymore. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if if a guy friend of mine flakes out on me, he's still gonna be my friend. You know, right. I'm, I'm probably gonna. I'll ask the reason why, and he'll say, "Oh, I had a party to go to, or I met some chick." Yeah, and you know, like, oh, I've done the same thing, so exactly. yeah. <laughs> you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, a, a good example: I am perpetually late. Uh, yeah, I am true. so late that it throws David off when I'm on time, <laughs> and, it, and, it, and that it's just like, <laughs> he's like, "Hang on, I'm not ready," and it's like, "Well, I guess I shouldn't expect you to be. I'm always at least fifteen to twenty minutes late." But, um, <coughs> but it also, you know. There's also another element, a, a negative. I'd say a negative element, like when you get a bunch of men together, which is, I think, just a sense of almost competition, where like, like you you feel that loyalty, but there's also just that general like, I mean, Mamet, you know, th- that's another thing on my list is just gen- like Mamet plays in films. You get like more than more than one guy together, and. And they'll they'll talk about how old friends they are and all that kind of thing, but there's this this kind of weird suspicion. It's like it's like you'll be my old friend and and you'll continue being friends. But if that person is doing something you don't like or if they're doing better than you are in a certain way, mm-hmm. loyalty is important. But it may you know it's like loyalty is is important as long as I'm doing a little bit better. You know, um, but no, I think it's a mix of both. You can be loyal and be yeah competitive. Yeah, I mean, and I because I've tried. <coughs> for so much of my life to yeah. try to to get rid of that competitive thing with yeah. other guys doesn't doesn't happen no i mean i think i've uh, i'm i'm not crazy uh, <laughs> you know yeah. I, I i i'm not a dick about it but yeah you do feel sort of uh okay like if i run down my list of friends i'm like okay i'm doing better than that guy better than that guy not as good as that guy yeah <laughs> yeah you know and it's yeah i looked i look at my friends i'm like all right i'm kind of in the middle yeah all right <laughs> I'm not. It's like as far as just where I, how I'm doing in my life, but damn it, I gotta lose some weight, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, <coughs> yeah, it doesn't help that like some of my old friends, like one became a cop, uh-huh. one became a paramedic, 
and here I am doing this. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, I don't serve any purpose to anybody. But, you know, if you look at a movie like Glengarry Glen Ross, I mean, you know, that's – or 12 Angry Men even. You know, 12 Angry Men, like, that was uh, – it started as, a, as a, a teleplay, and then it turned into a movie. And since then, it has become they, – they've turned it into a play because – you know, it's one set. It could make a really good play. Mm-hmm. But they did something interesting. They, like, let's say you're part of a community theater or something like that, or you're part of a high school theater, and they decide they want to do 12 Angry Men, but they don't have 12 men. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, the writer, <coughs> much in the same way that there's the female odd couple, mm-hmm. which I'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, I don't know why I sounded so angry about that. Okay. But, um, but much in the same way, uh, they did something called Twelve Angry Jurors, where there there are certain of the jurors that turn into that become women. Uh-huh. And I've not I've never seen this done, but just in just having seen the movie a billion times, I don't know if it would work. The whole idea is that is that some of these guys are arguing if for no other reason than because they don't want to be wrong. You know, they don't want to be shown wrong. Uh, yeah, and it's just, and I don't know, and and there's that sense of almost competition and one-upmanship, you know, and I don't know if that I I think if there's even one woman in that room, I don't know if that if it would work if the if the dynamic would be the same. I don't know. There, I've known plenty of stubborn women. I suppose, but I don't know. It's I maybe if you made it to, if you made it twelve angry women, because then there's still that. Then they'd be competing with each other and stuff. But I feel like if you mix the genders, I think it almost dilutes a little bit. I don't know, but that's it. Just never seemed to really work for me. And like twelve and and uh, and the female version of the Odd Couple, I have seen, and that one is weird mm-hmm. simply because. And I know there's messy women out there, but no no woman I've ever met in my life is as messy as Oscar Madison. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if you if you know, and they cha- and Neil Simon changed the script a little bit to accommodate uh, the fact that these are all women now, um, but it d- it doesn't work. It's just like oh, you know, I I don't believe this. Like the the production I saw, like the woman even dressed like Oscar, like kind of these big baggy shirts, like didn't really dress uh-huh. in it, but like wore a backwards hat. I'm like, you can't just dress her like a guy, you know, like it. It has to be more than this. <laughs> like it can't just be. I don't know. It's it's. I've been talking for a while, but like, what do you think of something like that? Do you think of well, Do you think Glengarry Glen Ross or Twelve Angry Men or something like that could work if it was? Uh, I can think if the if the, <clears throat> if the performances were good, then you can adapt these words to something. Certainly, Twelve Angry Men is written. Obviously, it's called Twelve Angry Men. It's right. written, uh, you know, to be men, and it's written to be played a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the way men compete is different than the way that women compete. Right. You know? Uh, but I... And I find it... And I think it all could also work, like you said, as 12 Angry Women. But I think... I I would be very interested to see a mixed yeah. production of that to see if it's... If it's quite the same. Yeah. Cause because to my uh, knowledge... Because the thing is... They don't change the lines. The, the thing is, um, men and women are different. That's what I've heard. David, you and I go to a lot of stand-up shows, and if I take nothing else away, it's that airline food is awful and men and women are different. <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. 
But uh, okay, so we've been going for a while. Here. Yeah, there's so we 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 only talked about a few movies, but I feel I like we know. had good conversation. Yeah, uh, I'm 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 in. So let me just run down some of the movies I wanted to talk about. Okay, uh, I wanted to talk about Bridge on the River Kwai. Oh yeah, uh, we've talked about that plenty. Um, I wanted to now, I, and we we did an episode on dads, so there I did I right, but intentionally didn't mention like Sweet Hereafter or Quiz yeah. Show or any of the other stuff we did. But I did kind of want to talk about Twenty Eight Weeks Later, the sequel to Twenty Eight Days Later. All right, and sort of uh, that obviously that's a very bad, a very bad example. But it's uh, I really like Twenty Eight Weeks Later. No, I do too. And I thought it was really a very bad example of what. It's, I mean, it's it's a well-made example of what a bad man looks okay. like. And when I say bad man, I don't mean like an evil, like a boogeyman or something, you know. Right. I mean, a guy who's not good at being a man. He, he's right. not fulfilling his duties as a man. Right. Uh, and uh, it's a great performance by Robert Carlyle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I just wanted to mention that because I, I we didn't really get into a lot of uh, good portrayals of people who are bad at being manly yeah um i would say another one and this actually gets into dads but i don't think we actually talked about it maybe we did a little bit was uh donald sutherland in panic oh yeah he just everything that uh a a dad a husband you know and just a man is supposed to be he just isn't he's Uh just this animal it's a wonderful performance and the fact that he manages to take this this character and make him seem human is uh, extraordinary, but he just uh, like he does like the scene that got me. The scene that really got me on his on his uh, character. Um, there's a part where he is bowling. Uh huh. Do you know the part I'm talking about? I think so. And he uh, and he bowls and he gets a gutter. And first thing he does, he with both middle fingers, he flips off the bowling the you know the the pins uh-huh. and just yells out fuck you you know <laughs> but just kind of in this in this way that seems almost comical but clearly he's angry he's upset um and this is in the middle of a public place you know yeah and so like there's this weird and he's just pulling with his family you know but like so like in him there's like all these negative elements of of what a man is and like that's just, very childish to do that it's childish it's that weird sense of competition it's the idea of just, I'm just going to be, uh, this childish mentality. Just, I'm going to, you know, I don't care where I am. I'm just, yeah. I got to ex- express myself. I'm going to do whatever. And uh, it's like, yeah, you're in a family bowling alley. I don't know if that's appropriate at all. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I'd say he's a one of the best examples of just a terrible man. Um, let's okay. See. I'd wanted to talk yeah. about... Um, uh, a couple actually both foreign films uh, Beautiful Boxer okay. uh, which Didn't is a, a Thai film um, yeah. about a cross-dressing kickboxer All right. and then there's a Brazilian film called Madame Sata which is again about uh, oh, okay. like a transvestite and these, so these are people who are either homosexuals or cross-dressers yeah. and it's still about them being men you know yeah. like uh, th- Madame Sata is a, a pretty uh, terrifying person <laughs> in that okay. movie you know it, despite the fact that uh, the sort of the status quo of what manliness is would definitely exclude him or her right. because he dresses and acts like a woman. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I just want—I I wish I had gotten more into those. We didn't talk about Robert Altman at all, oh, yeah. which we could do a whole show on the way men are in Robert Altman movies. Yeah, and 
Well, I wrote a paper. The good and the bad. I wrote a paper about misogyny in uh, Robert Altman films. So I'm not sure if I actually, much in the same way as when I wrote a paper on uh, communist themes in Chaplin films, I'm not sure if I actually absolutely believe it, but it made, you know, I could I could crank eight pages out of it really easily. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, he and like John Cassavetes, if you watch the movie Husbands, yeah. I mean, that goes back to, you know, the the competitive nature of, of men and like, it's these old friends, but like, what wins out? The loyalty or the competitive, and nothing does. They both exist at the same yeah, time. Exactly. As you were talking about. But I mean, they're, and <coughs> Neil Abute, you know, I mean, he does not seem to care for men. And he doesn't care for people in general. That's true. Uh, but and yeah, he, he, he writes men who are children, right. essentially. And victimizers. That's the thing. Like, he may not like the women in his except except for like shape of things. But like if you look at you know in the company of men and your friends and neighbors, like the women are pretty much they're not good people either. But they are getting the short end of the stick on this one. Like they are victims, you know. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think if there's any more. I'd say a notable movie that kind of brings together a lot of the things that we're we're talking about is uh, Three Ten to Yuma, which is an mm-hmm. interesting thing because. These guys are not friends. They're not old friends. They're really not friends at all. Yeah. But there's just this weird, they just feel this bond um, because there's respect there. And I think that's another element that, you know, we just, we don't have the time to get into right now. But No, we don't. Is the, the issue of respect between men. And if that is there, it almost, it doesn't matter. You know, heat is like this as well. You know, there's a reason these guys can sit down and have a civil discussion, even though they're on completely different sides of the law. They should be fighting each other right now, but they understand each other. They have this respect. Yeah. And that that goes beyond something as simple as jobs or social status or anything like that. Just they have this respect, uh, you know, and, and 310 to Yuma really exemplifies that, that like that respect, you know, transcends any other relationship, any other aspect of the relationship they might have. But, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's I'm done. pretty much all I got. Yeah. David, you've checked out. I'm, I'm che- I have already checked out. That's I'm all not right. Even paying attention. That's all right. We're still recording. I don't know if you know, but, uh, anyway, so, um, all right, well, that's, that's, uh, our episode. I feel like, I feel like it's a topic we could probably revisit, frankly, um, yeah, so but I guess we, we got to of, so few films. Yeah, but honestly, I think we kind of have because we talked about dads, and we talked a lot, and we talked about um, uh, movies about working, and not to imply that that women don't work or anything like that, but right. you know, you'll run across a lot of uh, overlap there. Yeah, uh, and so. Um, so yeah, maybe it's something we'll we'll talk about again uh, someday, and then maybe over the next six months <coughs> we'll. To actually talk about women <laughs> right, right. Well, we, are, we are gonna do movies about women and yeah. then maybe uh we did the dad one for around father's day so maybe around mother's day come oh, if, yeah, we, yeah. if we're still doing this fucking thing uh next may well you know that's up to uh, the listeners david and uh how they choose to contribute yeah um but uh <laughs> anyway so yeah don't, don't mean to browbeat you there everybody but uh seriously um all right so thanks for listening and uh we will get you next week Bye. Bye.